0: Hey folks, it's your pal Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com, and today I'm going to talk about how to play D&D over Discord. A lot of us are finding ourselves stuck at home, and any of the games we were having in person are now either happening remotely or not having them at all. I highly recommend that if we do have the opportunity to play it remotely, we do. There's never been a more important time for us to connect with our family and friends, and a lot of research has shown that there's nothing more dangerous to our health and happiness than loneliness. So being able to connect with our friends and play D&D has always been a great way for us to get together and to continue to socialize with our friends and family. But it's more important now when we're often stuck at home and and, and really not able to interact with a lot of people overall anyway. So Discord turns out to be a wonderful way for us to be able to play D&D online. There are many tools that let us play D&D online. Luckily, we're in a really good time for finding good tools to play D and D online. But today I'm going to talk specifically about using discord as the primary tool that we use to play D and D. So why am I choosing discord? Why there's, there's a lot of options out there. Why am I picking that one? So I have a few reasons. Uh, one is that you can play it with just discord, Uh, particularly on the player side, a player needs nothing other than the discord app, either on their phone or tablet or laptop or PC to be able to connect and play D and D. You don't need a lot of other software. There's a lot of support for D&D on Discord. We're going to talk specifically about the Avray bot. That's a Discord bot that connects to D&D Beyond. It's very powerful. Uh, as I mentioned, Discord runs on many different platforms. You can play it on a Windows PC, a Mac, a laptop, desktop. You can use it on a tablet. You can use it on just about any um, smartphone. And that's all players need to be able to play. So it's, it's very wide, and it makes it easy for people to be able to play online without having a lot of tools on hand. And it's, it's set up, it's something that can be set up by non-nerds. It's, it's not the easiest thing in the world to set up, but I've been able to set up just about everybody who has tried ever, all of the players that I've had in, in about three different games have been able to connect with Discord. There are some debugging things that we'll get into. There are a couple problems. Uh, one is it doesn't have a shared battle map. So if that's important to you, if tactical combat is really important to you, there is a tool called Roll20 that I highly recommend. And the Fantasy Grounds is another one where you can do uh, tactical combat where the players can move their tokens around. Uh, the problem with that one is A, it's really complicated to use. And B, it doesn't work on mobile devices. It doesn't really work on tablets. And I don't think it works on phones at all. So uh, it's a very popular solution. is using Discord for audio and using roll for shared battle maps. But today we're just going to look at using Discord specifically. That way the player doesn't have to load anything other than Discord in order to play. And I've run a bunch of games this way now, and it definitely works. It definitely works well. Uh, another problem with Discord, though, is that troubleshooting audio can be a pain. And we'll talk more about uh, getting familiar with Discord and, and how to work with your players to, uh, to get them set up. So now we're going to go ahead and set up a Discord server. So I have Discord up right here. And the first thing I'm going to do is start up a new server for our new game. So we're going to to create a server. And we're going to call it Saturday Morning D&D. And we create our uh, thing there. And now we've got our station. Now we can, there's a couple ways that we can do invites. We can invite people manually if we know that they're already in Discord. But a lot of times people aren't necessarily, not all your players have a Discord account. So we create an invite link. We're going to say never. We're going to limit the uses to 10 because we don't want everybody in there. And we generate a link. Copy, right? And then we go in here. And you see that we have a Discord channel. I'm going to delete this channel afterwards, so don't bother to try to poke your nose in there and get involved in my game. Plus, I'm not going to run a game there for real. Uh, But we now have a link that we can email to all of our players so that they can join the server. They will have to create an account, which for some people can be a pain. Uh, If they already have an account, then hopefully this will say, hey, you're invited to this server and you can jump in. There's some weird oddities where, uh, and I've seen it, where people get stuck. They create an account. They try to click this the link kind of sends into a hey you're you're trying to log in with a different account or something like that and they end up making like five different accounts and it can be kind of a pain so you might need to troubleshoot that uh, a little bit but uh, at that point we have a server and we're ready to go there's a bunch of different things you can do to customize your server give yourself a nice little icon i like doing stuff like that but i'm not going to worry about that right now so now that i've got a discord channel up and running i want to create some, now I've got a server up and running. I want to create some channels for it. And what I have found is that about three channels are really useful. So the first one we're going to have is DD and uh, text chat. Create a channel. Now, this is where everybody will talk. And they can also roll dice in this channel. We'll show how, how uh, you can roll dice using a, uh, a bot Uh, there is a general, so I guess, yeah, another way is we can, I'm just going to delete the general general channel, but you could have renamed the general channel into D &D and D and that works the same way. The other one we're going to have is a bot test. And that's so people who want to screw around with the bots can screw around with the bots and not clutter up the main channel. And then we're going to create a third channel called maps and handouts. And we create that channel. And this one we are going to limit. So we go in here, we go into permissions and everybody can read it but only uh, certain people can uh, send messages and certain people being us. We're the only ones that can actually post in that uh, post in that channel. And you don't want to click these. If you saw that there's a sync now, don't click sync now because that means all your channels lack the same way and you don't want to do that. So what that means is in our map and handout, only we have access, which means we can paste images in here and we can paste maps in here and other things. And players aren't going to put a bunch of stuff in here or accidentally post stuff in here. This lets us have a persistent Place to drop maps and handouts when we're playing the game. So then the other one we need is a voice channel. You see, it already threw me in to a voice channel here. And uh, the voice channel is automatic. We're just going to call it general, and that's fine. And when everyone needs to talk, they need to join this channel. And the controls for this channel are all down here. You can mute your mic. Uh, when you need to, you can, uh, you know, I guess deafen, if you don't want to hear yourself, there's a hang up. This, this is important when you don't want to be in the channel, because when you're done with your game, don't stick around in the channel, you click disconnect and you're no longer in it. If you click on it again, you're back in it again. And then there's user settings. And you're going to want to get used to this because you're going to be walking your players through a lot of debugging with this sort of thing in user settings. The main one is voice and video. And there's a you, you want to make sure that the speakers that you plan on using are listed in output device. And I highly recommend people use headphones. And then the input is the microphone. And that might be the default microphone on their device. Uh, if they have a headset with a mic, they would just want to make sure it's there. Mostly, you're going to work with this on other players. But in case your own system is is kind of hosed. Uh, one thing I have found very useful for DMs is instead of having this uh, automatically determined input sensitivity, that you set it yourself. And that way your voice is going to be more prominent than the system might think it is. And since you're the DM, you're going to be talking a lot. You don't want it to cut out. Uh, I found when I ran a few games with the automatic sensitivity on, it started to lower the sensitivity or increase the sensitivity. And then all of a sudden it couldn't hear me. So I, I would clip out sometimes. So by moving it to the left, it was much more solid. And my players all said that my voice worked um, was a lot more um, uh, persistent, that it didn't, it didn't cut me off. So I recommend doing that for you for players. I recommend setting push to talk, or I recommend that they mute when it's not their turn. If they're on a phone or something like that, there isn't a push to talk. There's just a mute, but they can just click the mute on and off. Uh, if you have a lot of players, that really helps. If you have fewer players, you might be able to get away without it. But it also prevents things like people breathing into the microphone or uh, any sort of background noise will be cut off when it's not their turn. And then when they have something to say, they're going to click it on and say their thing and then click it off and listen. And it's a little bit of a pain, but it works really well and it makes the game a lot more smooth. Troubleshooting Discord when you're getting your players all connected can actually be kind of tricky. And one of the advantages that Discord has, it's on every different platform. One of the disadvantages is as the... DM, it's going to be your responsibility where you're going to find yourself in the position of helping people debug their systems regardless of what platform they're on. So there are different ways to debug it depending on whether they're on a tablet or on a phone or on a PC or something like that. And uh, they're all a little bit tricky. A lot of times you're gonna be debugging things on the PC side. And your first question is, can you hear me? And can I hear you? And you have to do that for every one of the players. So if you have like five players and yourself, that's six. So that's 12 opportunities for something not to work right. That somebody's either not hearing people or not, not able to speak. And those are the real tricks. So one of the first debugging steps is figure out, is this a discord problem or is this a system wide problem? And you can ask them like, hey, bring up YouTube. Can you hear a video on YouTube? If you can hear a video on YouTube, but you can't hear anybody else, that probably tells you that's in Discord. If they can't hear the YouTube video, they have some other audio problem going on. A lot of times if they're on a system, uh, if they're on a, uh, um, a PC or a laptop or something like that, this is the settings that you want to figure out. Uh, is the input device the right input device for speaking? And is the output device the right output device for hearing? And uh, there are times where weird bugs will happen and you have to go into your system settings to say, like, can my microphone actually pick up any audio? And, um, and can I actually hear out of my speakers? And because there are different settings in here than there are in your system settings, you got to check both of them. One of the tips I have is don't try to debug it in the tool itself. Instead, just give them a call on the phone and walk them through uh, kind of the steps to debug while you're talking to them individually on the phone. That way, you know, a phone's going to work, you know, calling on the phone is going to work and then they can have that off to the side and they can figure out whether audio or video is working on here, but it can be pretty tricky. Um, some of the most common problems, again, are having your input and output devices here not set correctly, or the system itself, the input and output devices on the system itself aren't working. A lot of times a player will not have a headset and a mic set up yet. They will just pick it up. They're ready to play a game. They plug it in and now there's device driver things and all kinds of other problems. So working through that. On a phone, uh, sometimes a silence mode will get in the way. Another time, if the phone locks um, while Discord is running, it will shut the audio and video off. So you need to tell them like, hey, plug it into a power outlet so that it doesn't drain itself to death and then keep the, keep it from locking, go into the settings and turn off the lock so that it stays open the whole time that you're playing. Again, it's going to burn the battery down like crazy if they don't plug it into a wall socket. So that's definitely a way to go. So yeah, troubleshooting can be tricky. It's going to take a little time and effort and energy, but once you get set up, people will generally be able to get back online without a problem after that. And uh, things, things work pretty well uh, at that point. So now we're going to go back to our server. And we're going to uh, take a look what we have in here. Now, again, this is pretty much everything you need to play D&D. You don't need anything else. And if you are worried about like, well, how do I know? How do I see when they're rolling dice and stuff like that? Don't worry about it. Like if people just want to play with their physical books and their physical dice at the table, just let them, right? And they're not going to cheat. And, uh, you can, you can, you know, it's, it's very easy to just roll your dice at your own table. I have many players that just prefer to roll their own dice, or they don't really want to screw around with figuring out how to do it online, or they're on a phone or something like that. And they can just set the phone off to the side. They have their books and dice in front of them. They can hear what's going on. And then they roll their dice and act. And I, that's a fine way to go. You don't need anything else. However, there are some features that exist for integrating discord with some other aspects of D D. The number one system for doing this is a bot called Avra. So you can find Avra by going to Google and, you type in Avra, A-V-R-A-E, and it goes to, uh, the first hit is Avra.io, and this is the bot. Uh, Avra is a Discord bot to help that's designed to help you and your friends play d online, and it does a very good job at this. And you can scroll down and you can read all about it, uh, or you can go to invite. Once you've set up your server and you have to set up a server first, then you can go down here to invite. When you click on invite, it'll pop up in a screen and it'll say, hey, which server do you want it connected to connect it to? So I'm going to go down in here, and I have a bunch, but I'm going to say Saturday morning d That's the new server I just created, and I hit continue. Uh, you have to give it permissions to everything. Uh, that way, it can do a whole lot of stuff. But it is a secure bot. It's used on 100,000 servers, so it's pretty solid. You click authorize, uh, and it says, "Are you a robot?" You say no. It often gives a captcha. Hey, it didn't give a captcha. Sometimes it gives a captcha, and now it's authorized, and it's and it's set. Now, if we go back into Discord. We look, and now we have a new online player, and that player is Avra. And we'll drop into our bot test, and as a test, we'll do roll 1d20. And look, Avra rolls 1d20 for us. So Avra can do a whole lot of different things, uh, but we're going to just start with dice rolling. If you want to roll dice, you do roll d plus 5, and it rolls 1d20 plus 5. And you say, I want to roll my damage, which is 1d8 plus 4 and it rolls the damage for you. That is all you really need to do dice. However, that's not the most interesting thing. A lot of times people want to integrate a character into Avra. So, and, and this is something that Avra does very well. Avra has many, many great features. And we're gonna talk about a few of them today that I have found to be the most useful. But one of the ones that players like, um, particularly when players are in D&D Beyond, we'll go to D&D Beyond here. We go to collections, go to my characters, we view a character, in this case I'm selecting 17, my fifth level Warforged uh, fighter battle master. I open up the character and I click this little link up here and one of them is shareable link. So you grab the shareable link, it's down here, and you click to copy it. I guess you can just click that and it's copied. Now we go in back into Discord. We're back in the bot test, but it doesn't matter. And we type exclamation mark beyond and then we paste the URL to our character and it loads our character into D&D Beyond. So now my character is loaded into Avra. So Avra actually reached out to d and Beyond and pulled in relevant data from my character into Avra. So now I can do things like check uh, athletics. And it rolls an athletics check. Ooh, I rolled a 20. How about that? I can do attack greatsword. And it rolls a greatsword attack. Wow, I'm rolling really well. 25 to hit, 11 points of damage. So you can do a lot of the basic rolling for a character. You can do saving throws. Save dexterity. And it'll roll a dex 30 saving throw. Not so good, but my dex is kind of bad. So uh, you can do all your basic checks. And a lot of players like doing this. It's kind of handy to have it integrated. There's always some things that don't work quite right uh, in Avra that uh, sometimes you just have to go ahead and roll it manually. Like It doesn't always take into consideration certain ability bumps uh, unless you go into D&D Beyond and fix them specifically. So it can be a little tricky and a little fidgety, but some people really like it. Uh, again, I, I, I never... I never tell my players they have to use Avra. I don't care if they roll at their table and tell me what they got. It doesn't matter. And so the nice thing is sometimes you'll have players who are really into Avra and they spend the time to really figure it out and they integrate everything. And then you have other players who are not interested and they'd rather roll dice. So uh, it works either way. And the player can decide what method they'd rather use. That's that's the way I've been running. So Avra has some other great features as well. You can look up a lot of information in Avra directly. So for example, we can do spell, fireball... And it will look it up. It'll look up anything that is in the system resource document for D&D. So it's not all D&D spells. You can't, for example, I don't think you could do uh, spell uh, tensors floating disk. But it says it's not available in the SRD. Floating disk, however, is. So if you do spell disk and it's because of the proper name tensor. So anything that is part of the SRD, it's able to look up, but there are a lot of times that there are monsters that are not for, and, or there are many other features that it can't look up. Uh, but you can do like monster bandit and it will load up bandit. So as you can see, the monster didn't actually display all the information. And that's because Avra will only display the monster information to someone who has the role of DM or GM or dungeon master or game master. So we actually need to give ourselves that role. So we do that by going into here and going to server settings and we go into roles and we have to create a new role. So we click this little plus button and the new role we're going to make is DM and we're going to give it a nice gold ring around it. So now we have a DM role and then we have to go down to members uh, ourselves. Actually, we can, we can do this outside of here. You go over here and you right, click your name and you go down to roles and you give yourself the role of DM. You see, now I have a gold name with a little crown next to it. And now if I do monster, Bandit, uh, I get all of the information about the bandit. Now, everyone will be able to see this. So you, if you wanna be able to do this, you might wanna create another channel, a private channel called like you know, uh, DMs channel and create that. And then for this one, we're going to edit the channel and permissions, and we're gonna make it that no one can read it and uh, that anyone with roles, everyone can't read or send. And then we add the DM role and the DM role can read and send. And so now, uh, and then we save our changes and we escape. So now we have this DMs channel and theoretically no one else should be able to see it. But here we can go monster, Balor. Oh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't give Avra permissions. So we got to go back into the channel and go to permissions and we add another role and we add it for Avra and Avra can read and send and, uh, save that I keep forgetting to save and now Avra is in here as well but no one else is allowed in here monster Balor, bang we'll get all that stuff about the Balor, right and we get all the full stats so if we want to be able to look up the stats right in here we can do that that's nice it's a nice handy place to have a dm's channel that only we can see and we can drop into and, and look stuff up when we're when we're actually playing Avra has a tremendous amount of functionality. Again, it works really great just as a dice roller, but you can do all different kinds of things in Avra. And I'm not going to talk about them them all here, but you can go to the Avra website look at the documentation, talk to some other people that are using it, and see a lot of different ways that you can use Avra. There is one really cool feature that I wanted to talk about, though, that I haven't really seen anybody else talk about. And that is using it to roll basically instantaneous initiative for all of the characters that you have in the group at once. The advantage of this is, once you have this set up, the players don't have have to roll initiative you can just hit a one command and it will roll initiative for your monsters and for all of the characters all at once it also can be used even if they don't have their character inside DD beyond so you just have to ask them what their initiative modifier is put it in there and you're good to go so the way we do this is by setting up an alias so here i have an alias for one of my other groups this is for uh, my sunday DD game and i went through and asked them all of their character names and their initiative bonuses look at shane with his initiative bonus of six and we can you'll see this down in the show notes below if you want to get a copy of this but basically we copy and paste this entire segment we're going to stick it in our bot test and uh, it has now created an alias for roll and knit so then when we're in the game and we say hey you know time for a fight we write roll init, and it goes through the list and as you can see, oh, terrible initiative rolls. Uh, it, can, it is rolling initiative for all of the characters and then rolls initiative for the monsters. Now, I, I made a default monster uh, line in here that has an initiative bonus of one, which is close enough to what most monsters have. So if you don't really care about how uh, specific you are with monster initiative, just giving it a bonus of one and then throwing it in the system with everything else um, is a good way to go for smaller fights. If you're doing an important fight with multiple monsters, you can edit your script. Uh, you can edit this and add different, uh, add more monsters to it and make sure that their initiative modifiers are correct. But to have this sort of set up as a default works, works really well. Now, once initiative is done, in the pinned messages, Avra has said, here are the people in, in the initiative order, and here's when they go. Uh, it's unfortunate that the monsters go first. And then to, to go forward in initiative, you type init next and it shows you the monsters go first. Now there's a shortcut, instead of init next, you can just type I n, and it says that's next, I n, I n, -N. and it's rolling through initiative. Click back here, and it'll show you who's up at any given time. Really quick way to do initiative. So when you're done, you type init, end, and it says, are you sure you wanna end combat? You say yes, and now it's clear. Right now, now initiative is done. And then when you wanna restart initiative again, you type in it or roll in it and it rolls in it and rolls initiative for all of the characters again. So really fast and easy way to get into initiative order without having to monkey around asking the players what their initiative bonuses are. Uh, If you don't like it, or if your players are really against it, you can go back to doing initiative the same way. You know, it's not a big deal. Maybe you prefer that they roll initiative for important fights, but you can use a system like this for quick fights where it really doesn't matter. They're just a couple of bandits that are standing around talking. You can roll this and, and off you go. Uh, I have found for both, for all three of the groups I've run, nobody really had a problem with this. So, you know, everybody recognizes that it's such a streamlined system for rolling initiative that it works really well. So I like this system a lot. And I think it's a really powerful function of Avra. Again, you can see all of the scripts for how to do this in the show notes below. So the last thing I'm going to talk about today is how to do maps, uh, particularly combat maps inside discord, how you can run some, what I like to refer to as sort of augmented theater of the mind combat in discord. So we don't, you, you can just describe what's going on and uh, get through it. But sometimes if you're in a complicated area or a map, you definitely want to show some stuff. There's some easy ways to do it. You can just grab the map and paste it in chat and and you're done. But I figured out a couple of tricks for showing semi-tactical combat maps so that the players have a general, a better idea of what's going on in a situation and yet still don't ever have to leave Discord. They They don't have to open up something like Roll20. You don't have to have a full shared battle map environment. For the solution I'm about to show, we have four systems. Google Draw, which is sort of an online whiteboard that you can do in a browser and it's totally free. Uh, we're going to use maps from dysonlogos.com. If you go to dysonlogos, he has, I think, close on in on a thousand maps that we can use for just about any situation. I'm going to use tokens that we pull from Avra, and you'll see it uh, right out of Discord. And then, lastly, we're going to use the Snip and Sketch feature of Windows. If you're on a Mac, Apple has another way to do a lasso and screenshot capability that you can use, very similar to the Microsoft Snip and Sketch. So you can use this on either system. So to start with, we're going to go grab a map. So in this case, I'm going to go to Dyson Logos, who has awesome maps. Uh, We click on Maps up here, and we're going to go look for a good Dyson map. Uh, one of the tricks about Dyson maps is sometimes they're very large. So in this case, I'm going to pick the Menzer dungeon. This is the dungeon that Frank Menzer, uh, the the creator of the BECMI version of D&D back in the seventies, uh, used more than 30 times as sort of a generic map for many different dungeons. And, uh, Dyson has done a fantastic job, but it is big. Like, look how big this dungeon is. Right. And the the, the file size is very big and it's too big for us to just drop directly into Google draw Into Google draw. So we're going to actually save this image locally. I already, I already done this a couple of times and it saves it as a ping, uh, which is also has the unfortunate side effect of being really big. Then we drop in, we're going to open up this file. We're going to open with, and we're going to go ahead and open it with the snip and sketch because that way we can save it right away and save it as a JPEG. Uh, so now we have men'serdungeon.jpg. So now JPEGs are tend to be smaller than pings, and that way it'll be nicer for it'll be nicer for Google Draw. Now we open it up in the Windows uh, Photos Editor here. you Double click on it, it, goes right to Photo Editor. And we can click on resize and we're gonna resize it to four megs that will make it smaller. We'll just overwrite the one we have. We don't really care. So now we have a smaller version of this same map that we can paste into the other one. You can use any image editor. If you've got another image editor that can resize, the main thing you need to do is resize the file. So that's a bit smaller and turn it to JPEG so that the file size isn't so big. Once you've done that, you can bring it into Google draw. So now we have that map ready to go. And we go into Google draw, Google draw and it brings up a click on it right away and bang, we have a map. So now we're gonna go to uh, insert image from computer. We grab this image here and bang, there it is, right? Drops right in, nice and easy. So now we have our map, but what about tokens and stuff? So I am gonna use one token to represent, I'm calling this augmented theater of the mind because this is not tactical play. We're not moving every individual character around. Instead, we're just showing generally what's going on in a situation and uh so in this case we're actually going to use one icon to represent all of the characters rather than just one and then we'll use individual icons to represent the monsters the main thing is that the characters know where am i generally and roughly where the monsters are again not not tactical play so we need a few icons for this so avra has a wonderful feature for this in which you can load tokens so we can say token veteran and it brings up an icon. And all we have to do is drag the icon away, drag it over our browser and then drag it on here. And it creates an icon right on the desktop. Now we're going to zoom in control alt plus uh, zooms in. We're gonna grab that icon and we're gonna move it up. Do-do-do. So we're gonna say that they're opening up this these doors. They've opened up the doors. So the characters are here right? And we just kind of say, that's generally where the characters are. And then we're going to presume that they peeked around, like maybe they peeked around this corner, right? And they see, oh man, these doors opened up and there's bandits coming out. So we want to throw some bandits on here. Uh Again, we go back to discord and we type token bandits and we get some bandits. So we drag that off. We drag it onto the browser window. We drag it on here. It's going to show up really big, right? And you just shrink it down. Dink. I'll move it up just so it's easier. And dink. And now we've got bandit icons, right? They're a little smaller. That's fine. Uh, and now you want a multiple bandits? You just control V, control C, control V. So we've got five bandits. There's a guy there. Uh, another guy down here is right around the other side of the corner. Guy here, guy here, and a guy here. I say that those are the bandits that you have. Now, how do we actually show this? And let's say that like, we'll, we'll just move the, the characters back there. So now how do we show this to our players? And there's all these like secret doors and things. We don't want them seeing all those secret doors, right? So we just get the window roughly where we want it. And we hit windows shift S to launch the uh, snap and sketch and or snip and sketch. And we go to Freeform, right? And we can just draw. So we're going to draw around here, the things that they have seen. And that, as soon as you're done, it's in the clipboard. So now you go to Discord again, and you say Control V. Uh, Actually, we're gonna do this in the text chat, right? Control V, and you upload it. And now the players can see that map with the tokens. They can click on it and look at it and go, ah, so that's the situation. We're here, there's bandits around here. And as you can see, it clipped out the region I didn't wanna show. So I can do that uh, every time, right? And again, I probably use the DM's channel to load up the thing. And I might say, oh, by the way, there's a Balor. We go down here and we drop it in here. And let's say, uh, oh, that Balor icon looks really bad. I wonder why it's so, why is that so low res? Oh, I know why. So I click on that and I drag that one. Let's get the high res version, that crappy Balor. Oh boy, that's a big icon. It's unfortunate that there isn't a way to uh, make the default size, uh, but you have to resize every time that's okay. So now we got our Balor and we move it around and we scroll over to where the business is happening and delete that guy really easy to delete tokens. So, you know, we can say, oh yeah, there's a Balor, right? And let's say the characters have taken care of all these bandits and we delete them as they go. And they, uh, come in this door and there's a Balor there with some cultists, right? We can never have enough cultists DM's channel again, bang, uh, token cult. I'll go with cultist, grab the token, go over here, drop it in again. It's huge. Let's make it really small. Uh, and we, got some to- and we got some cultists, and we're going to, this Balor should be bigger, and he? he's a great big guy, All right. like, ah, uh, Balor, uh, and cultists worshiping the Balor, All right? And then when we like where it is, uh, we can, if we want, uh, control, control. Uh, to to shrink it, just to, uh, boy, that doesn't give me a lot of extra room, does it? But if I want to show them a little bit more of the area, I can scroll up. And then again, we do Windows Shift S for the snapshot. The lasso, we will grab this area. Uh, as you can see, I kind of accidentally grabbed that secret door. So we're going to move that baller up just a little bit. And now we do Shift S. We're just going to uh, Control Shift S. Oh Windows Shift S. Uh, Windows shift S. There we go. Uh, instead, we're going to draw that, but we're going to draw and omit that secret door. We go into our d text chat. You can go into maps and handouts too and paste it in here. Uh, that way they can see it and they can click on it and say, oh, that's what's going on. huh?" So that way with the lasso tool, you don't really need a fog of war because you can use the lasso to just snip out anything you don't want. So uh, again, you can do the same thing on a Mac. Uh, the Mac has a screenshot tool that also includes a lasso. If you do some Googling, you can find out how to do it. And uh, same kind of thing where you can have it paste to your clipboard and then paste it directly into Discord. Uh, the other option is like you save them as a file locally to your desk and then you uh, uh, upload the file. But it's really, if you can get it into your clipboard, it's a lot easier to uh, just control V and paste it right into Discord. So that is a way to be able to do maps. You can, you know, the tokens are all good looking tokens. Oops, I missed that one. Uh, the tokens are all good-looking tokens you can pull right out of Avra, and it's very easy to drag and drop, and it's a uh, a good way to go. So I hope this was useful. Uh, I hope that if you are stuck at home and unable to play with your regular uh, local groups, that you will seek out Discord as an alternative. Again, it's an, it's really important in these in these strange times for us to connect with our family and friends and engage in tales of high adventure. Thank you very much.